episode to end the week. Nice Friday drop. We're live. Back with some hot takes and the weekend recap. So let's do it. So the week started out UFC 200. Rolled Saturday and the Sunday all last week. I did a, uh, a week in preview for all the UFC fights. Hope you caught it. If you haven't, it's on there. Go back and listen to it. Thrilling stuff. Huge stuff. Great stuff. Again, more undercards or more uh, underdogs, rather, that I predict. Another one and another one and another one. I'm just magnetic to these these underdog fights. I predict main events perfectly. I was a perfect 3-0 over the weekend for main events. Starting with my boy, Philly's own Eddie Alvarez. Won the title. Huge upset TKO stoppage of Rafael Dos Anjos. Huge. We talked about this on the uh, part two of the UFC 200 preview show. Myself, I had Fox on. Uh, buddy, buddy Fox, we kind of discussed it, and we were we were pretty ecstatic. I think that's probably an understatement. Uh, Philly local legend, the People's Champion Eddie Alvarez, huge, huge for the for the area, huge for the city, huge for him. He deserved it. Uh, predicted that one perfectly. We go on the Friday night. Joanna Young Jerk Chick, however the fuck you say her last name, it's crazy, but she's a killer. It's insanity. She is one of the best fighters in the world. Man, woman, whatever. She's one of the best fighters in the world. Nobody can deny that. She's so precise. Her striking is incredible. I think she set a record for a number of strikes, uh, significant strikes thrown on Friday night and landed. What a main event. Probably the fight of the weekend. As far as like a five-round war, that was the fight of the weekend for me. Um, huge, huge main event. Claudio Gadelia, she's tough as nails as well. She gassed. She gassed around the third, fourth round, and and uh, Joanna just kind of just took over and just kept running with it, kept going, going, going. She was like the Energizer Bunny. She like refused to gas. She's clearly the best female fighter in the world right now. It's not even close. She may never lose. She may never lose. I'm interested to see if the uh, UFC adds a 125 pound division, if they, uh, you know, kind of expand the divisions. I'd like to see Ioana go up to 125, maybe win a belt there too, maybe uh, you know continue her dominance. I don't think that she can she can lose. She might she might lose to somebody like uh, you know somebody that's strong with like judo with um, strong jujitsu player. Um, maybe if she went up to like 135, I think that she would beat most girls in the world. She's definitely the, the best female fighter in the world right now. She's badass. That fight, I can't say enough good things about that, but another main event I predicted perfectly, like always, um, we went into UFC 200 after Friday night, 
Friday night's thrilling main event, thrilling, um, just overall great card. The, the card was great. Thursday night's card was great. We go into 200, stunk. It fucking stunk up the place. If I could get a refund for the pay-per-view I ordered, I would have. I was thoroughly disappointed throughout the whole throughout the whole pay-per-view. I thought it was bullshit. I thought just for it being UFC 200, for it being the huge event that it usually is, as far as UFC 100, UFC 200, it was supposed to be, you know, the, the mega event of all mega events. Um, didn't live up to expectations. John Jones fucked everybody over, uh, failed the, uh, failed the test, failed the drug test. So he'll have his day in um, court with USADA and um, Nevada State Athletic Commission. He'll have his day in court. Daniel Cormier, Anderson Silva fight. Props to Anderson Silva. Huge props. I've been a uh, huge Anderson uh, villain, I guess, to to Anderson Silva. I haven't been a real big supporter of Anderson Silva for a long time. I just everybody said he was the best fighter in the world, and I saw Chael beat him up for five rounds. And I didn't think that Anderson Silva was the best fighter in the world. After that, Chael dominated him for five rounds early early in Chael's UFC career. So at that point, I deemed Anderson Silva not the best fighter in the world. And But I haven't really been a big fan of his, but huge props. He gained a lot of respect in my book. He hopped on a plane. He flew uh, across the planet from, from Brazil to Vegas. What a stand-up guy. I mean, you can't say enough good things about him. Definitely, I give that guy respect. He deserves it. Showed up, fought the best fighter in the world, Daniel Cormier. And Anderson Silva had gallbladder surgery. He had his he had his gallbladder removed like six weeks prior. Anderson Silva literally rolled off the couch and made weight. They weighed in at 205. Uh, Cormier weighed in at 206. Anderson Silva weighed in at 198 and a half, and he was eating the whole time. No cutting a weight, no no camp, no nothing, rolled off the couch, came to Vegas and fought. That's a tough son of a bitch right there. That's that I can respect. You back it up, you back up your words with your actions. I respect that. People like Michael Bisping, Chael Sonnen, never turned down a fight. They've taken all fights. They've never monkeyed around with anything. They've taken all comers. They've never made an excuse win, lose, draw, whatever. Anderson Silva, huge respect. Daniel Cormier, even more respect for everything that he went through. He was really looking forward to this fight against John Jones. It was really, really meaningful for him. He wanted to avenge the loss that he uh, he sustained to Jones uh, you know, two years ago. And he wanted to kind of right that wrong and be able to talk shit to John Jones. Daniel Cormier takes a last uh, last opponent a last minute opponent change to to stay on the card. Takes a huge pay cut as well. John Jones costs Daniel Cormier probably millions of dollars being having to pull out. Daniel Cormier was supposed to make a million base because it was a non title fight. They renegotiated non title fight went hundred down the five hundred k base. So right off the top. He lost 500k right off the top. Huge amount of money still to make for a fight, but he lost 500k. That stinks. You know, I, I was 
I was really bummed for Daniel to lose that lose that type of money because of somebody else's actions. But at least he gets pay per view points, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Daniel Cormier showed up. He showed why he's the best fighter in the world. He he relied on his wrestling for Anderson Silva. You you can't go in on two days notice fight a great striker like Anderson Silva, change up the game plan from John Jones to Anderson Silva. He won the fight. May not have been the prettiest fight. It might not have been the flashiest fight. He didn't stand and bang with Anderson Silva, but he won the fight. He dominated and won the fight. If you if if you're gonna take a fight, a takedown is part of the fight. If you're gonna take a fight, two days notice, one day notice, one hour notice, one second notice. If you're gonna step in, take the take the fight. A takedown is part of an MMA fight. If you don't like the takedowns, if you don't like the wrestling in MMA fights, go watch boxing. It's simple. Go watch kickboxing. Go watch boxing. This is MMA. Ben Askren's made his career over countless years being undefeated by out-wrestling everybody. Literally takes them down, rides them, dominates them, and wins. It might not be the flashiest, but it's the most effective. He wins. You can't say anything about Daniel Cormier out-wrestling, just just taking Anderson Silva down at, at will. He was throwing strikes. They they both had some, uh, so, some damage to their faces, you know, light damage to the face, whatever, but... He out-wrestled him. Wrestling's a part of MMA. These drunk idiots that were in the crowd booing him, it's its absurd. Absolutely fucking absurd that you're going to boo Daniel Cormier. And then the next fight, Brock Lesnar versus Mark Hunt. Brock Lesnar took Mark Hunt down for three rounds and laid on him. Through the baby hammer fists, baby 5XL hammer fists, and sat on him, laid on him, and just rode him. Just rustled him, and Brock Lesnar laid on him. There was no position. He, was, he wasn't trying to advance his position. Brock Lesnar doesn't know any submissions. He wasn't trying to do anything other than ground and pounds and finish the fight with his huge fucking 6XL uh, size uh, hands. But Daniel Cormier won the fight. Brock Lesnar won the fight. They both did the same type of thing. They out-wrestled their opponent. They lay out, They nailed uh, shots to the body. They nailed uh, shots to the face. There was a lot of... Uh, there was ground and pound. There was, a, there was position advancing by Daniel Cormier. Anderson Silva had Cormier's leg in a lockdown position, in an Eddie Bravo lockdown uh, position, held the foot. It was making it hard for Daniel Cormier to pass the guard, Daniel Cormier was kind of stuck in that guard. You're talking about Anderson Silva, a black belt. He he took them down. He, he he was trying to advance. He was he was trying to go for a ground and pound. He was trying to go for for more action on the ground. Anderson Silva was, was had a great defense to prevent that. It is what it is. You can't boo one and then cheer the other. It doesn't make any sense. I don't give a shit what Brock Lesnar does outside of the octagon. His perf- his performance in the octagon was similar to that of Daniel Cormier, just out-wrestled his opponent. I don't care if Brock Lesnar's a WWE champion. I don't care if he's uh, a football star. I don't give a shit. You can't boo somebody and then cheer somebody the next fight for doing the same type of thing, wrestling. Wrestling's a part of MMA. If you don't like it, go watch boxing. Deal with it. Tough shit. We move on to the main event. The main event 
Amanda Nunez, Misha Tate. Boy, was I happy. Picked Amanda Nunez. It's in print on the on the Everything MMA blog on Facebook. It's it's in print. I put it in the episode uh, the last episode as well. Amanda Nunez took Amanda Nunez. Amanda Nunez is a bad woman. She dominated, probably killed Misha Tate. Just dominated her from start to finish, early first rounds, first round stoppage via uh, submission, almost a TKO, basically a TKO. What a fight. What a fight. Just dominating from start to finish. It was awesome. It was it was awesome. I personally don't like Misha Tate. I think Misha Tate got this level of arrogance to her, similar to what happened to John Jones when he won the belt. She got this level of arrogance that she was like the baddest woman alive because she beat Holly Holm. Kind of forgetting the fact that she got ragdolled by Ronda Rousey and embarrassed twice and can't really be that bad of a woman and say you're the best in the world if you haven't beat Rousey, Holm did, and you have one fight to win the UFC title, and that was basically by default because Ronda... Ronda didn't want a rematch. Ronda didn't want an immediate rematch because Ronda wanted to go sob in the corner and cry and bitch and moan for a year and, you know, sit there like a like a spoiled little brat and not want to come back and fight. She sat out for a year because she lost one fight and got dominated by Holly Holm. She sat out for a year. Holly Holm had to defend her title, and she defended it against Misha Tate and lost. Last minute in fifth round, it happens. People lose, but Misha Tate was walking around doing Conan, doing every fucking press media tour on the planet, and she was sitting there talking shit, just looking past Amanda Nunez, saying how she wasn't looking past her, but she was. It was clear, obvious that she was. Uh, it just, I have no respect for that. You can't look past your opponent, especially when you're supposed to be, you know, a champion. You're. I don't know how she looked past her, but Man Nunez taught her a lesson. Did not look past her. Rest of the UFC 200, the undercard was better than the main card. Cain uh, Velasquez looked like Cain Velasquez came back, dominated Travis Brown. Frankie Edgar, unfortunately lost, sucked, was horrible. Um, I just personally think that the uh, reach advantage for Frankie Edgar is just the reach, the reach disadvantage rather for Frankie Edgar to somebody like Jose Aldo, somebody like Conor McGregor is just too much. Um, it was it was clear as day that there was a, a huge reach advantage uh, from Aldo to Edgar. Edgar was having trouble getting inside. Aldo was playing just straight defense, didn't want to get hit. It was kind of like a Mayweather type performance where he was just avoiding being hit and just you know counter striking and and. Uh, following up with defense and it was just it was it was obvious that Frankie Edgar was having a tr- having trouble getting inside he couldn't get inside Aldo was backing up walking in backing up uh getting inside the pocket throwing strikes getting back out it was just hard i'd really like to see Frankie Edgar move to 135 and challenge there i think that 145, these guys are really big. Connor cuts a lot of weight to get to 145. He's a probably natural 55 pounder. If you know you look at a natural weight, 
He's a natural 55-pounder. He gets all the water sucked out of his body to make 45. It's it's kind of scary. But Connor is, is a big 45-pounder. Aldo is a big 45-pounder. You're talking about guys that, you know, they were originally 55-pounders, cut down the 45 I'd like to see Frankie make make 35 and, and challenge for a belt at 35. I think he can still do it. I think he's f- still young enough. He just has to cut an extra 10 pounds. I think his attitude, his mentality, he can definitely do it. Strict camp for the belt. He could do it. Go in a 35-pound belt and then maybe move back up to 45, you know, towards the end of the career. But I think he has some, has some years left in him. He's a fighter. He's a hall, future Hall of Famer. My hack was off to him. He it was a great performance. It just unfortunately, it just didn't go his way. Um, the undercards, like I was saying, undercard for the UFC 200 was great. The main event stunk. Didn't live up to the expectations. So, hopefully, the rest of the UFCs, the rest of the pay per views this, this year, uh, live up to their to their billing. No injuries, no more failed drug tests. Let's just have some good fights. Uh, UFC 201 is coming up. Kind of stinks. Uh, Mighty Mouse had to pull out, pull out of his uh, a title fight against Wilson Hayes. Uh, Wilson Hayes trained in Philly. He trains in Team Alliance now. He's a great dude. I would really like to see him uh, see him fight Mighty Mouse, go for that belt. It is what it is. You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I would really, really like to see that fight. Good dude at that 125-pound division. Uh, it would have been a huge, pretty pretty huge uh, fight. Uh, on top of Woodley and uh, Robbie Lawler. The rest of the card kind of stinks. It's... Not the best card in the world. If if I was buying it, it would be for the main event only. I might just go out to a bar and watch it instead of buying it. Save the uh, save the sixty bucks on the cable bill, and just go out to a bar and watch the main event. Because that's other than that, you know, there's some interesting fights on the card, but the main event is the only only thing I'm like really like on the you know I really want to see. Two o two is after that with with Conor McGregor and, and uh, Diaz. Looking forward to that, but UFC 200 just didn't live up to its name. Didn't live up to the billing. Didn't live up to the name. They paid Brock Lesnar a boatload of money. Like I think his guaranteed purse was 2.5 million to show with no win before pay per view points. Probably ended up pocketing eight ten million uh, at the end of the day after pay per view points. Still haven't released numbers. Uh, the big news. Big news uh, after the UFC 200. Monday morning, Sunday night, the news starts leaking out that all the rumors were true that the UFC, in fact, was being sold for $4 billion. And a a local reporter in Vegas got the exclusive interview. And he started posting about the interview and how it's confirmed that the UFC was sold, was sold for $4 billion, and it it, uh, was moving hands. And... It's a huge day. $4 billion for the UFC. The Fertitta brothers, Dana White, they bought it for $2 million like 15 years ago. 
sold it for $4 billion. Billion. Dana White stays on as the president. He signed a five-year contract with new ownership. New ownership, William Morris Endeavor, IMG. Uh, I think the Kraft uh, Investment Group is a part of it as well. Small ownership. Dana White signs a, a new co- a contract, five years, uh, 9% of annual uh, revenue for the company. That's his uh, yearly salary. Not a bad yearly salary for Dana, especially after um, if he did get paid out. I think he owned about 10% of stock, 8% of stock. So a huge day, huge. The real life Ari Gold now owns the UFC. Just banana land. Just years later, all of a sudden, Ari Gold, the real life Ari Gold, Emmanuel, whatever his name is, owns the UFC. So, huge $4 billion payday for the Fertitas. They move on. Fertitas move on. They they uh, they keep a minority stake in the UFC. They retain a minority stake in the UFC. I think that they're going to go and try to um, buy the Raiders or invest in the Raiders, become um, majority ownership in the Raiders, and try to get the Raiders to Vegas. Uh, there's talk that they, they own a big piece of land in Vegas. They're going to try to build a, uh, a stadium. Stadium cost in Vegas with a retractable roof, etc. is is uh, rumored to be between $1.5 billion and $2 billion for a huge, huge stadium in Vegas. It would be pretty cool. If the Raiders moved there and the Fertitas and invested and and bought the Raiders or or whatever the deal is, that'd be pretty cool. But you know that's that's a huge day for the UFC. You take something that was on the verge of death at two million dollars, you turn it into this sport that we all love and love just love to watch, train, just kind of immerse yourself in the sport. They turn it into a four billion dollar company they turn it they re they they save the sport so you know i'll be the first one to say thank you to the fertitas thank you to dana white although i might not always agree with some of the decisions thank you for saving the sport the sport that i love the sport that a lot of people love saved it from the from from death when they bought the ufc for two million dollars but it was a it was a huge huge transaction. I mean, four billion dollars. You're talking about the only the only sports franchise sports team that's close to that four billion dollar number is the Dallas Cowboys. At, at I think right at four billion dollars, if not, uh, you know, a little less, a little. They're right there. Forbes estimated them right around the same as the uh, the with the UFC uh, sale price, and that's the fucking Dallas Cowboys, the most iconic team. In the NFL, in, in NFL history, rather. The Dallas Cowboys, $4 billion. It's crazy. But we'll see how everything changes, how everything evolves, if anything changes, or if everything stays the same, etc. Um, other news this week, MLB All-Star Game stunk. David Ortiz's last game. The AL won the All-Star Game. Eric Hosmer... Named most valuable valuable player, David Ortiz 
standing ovation when he left the uh, the field. His last All Star game, the uh, home run derby, Giancarlo Stanton, the heart of the home run derby Monday night. Giancarlo Stanton was hitting moonshots, was hitting six hundred foot home runs just to the moon. It was insane. I think I think he averaged like four ninety two for his home runs. It was just like 497, 49. It was just those balls are still in space. Those balls are still in space. They're on their way to Mars. He was just jacking them out of the park. What a performance. He won the uh the home run derby. And then this is like the slowest week in sports. I mean, the all-star game, the home run derby, the AL one. So now obviously when the Red Sox make the World Series. The Red Sox will have home field advantage in the, uh, the the World Series because of the fact that the AL won the All Star Game. Pretty cool for the Red Sox. Another another Boston win. Everything's just coming up, Boston. Rumors uh, today, later in the week, Griffin or Westbrook, Blake Griffin, uh, Russell Westbrook, maybe moving to Boston. There's been a lot of rumors about a, a huge, huge, major trade being uh, in the works on the way uh, probably this weekend. There's a lot of talk at the uh, Vegas Summer League with the uh, the Celtics. A lot, of, a lot of valuable picks the Celtics have with that amazing trade with the Nets. Amazing picks that are left. So now it's up to the Celtics to move those picks, use those picks, whatever. But... I wouldn't mind Blake Griffin. I wouldn't mind Russell Westbrook. I'd probably, if I had to choose, Blake Griffin is going to be cheaper. I'd take Blake Griffin before I took Russell Westbrook. Isaiah Thomas does similar things to what Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is a top player. I just don't know if I like the way Russell Westbrook's uh, style of play is compared to what Brad Stevens runs, if that makes sense. Russell Westbrook, he needs the ball a lot, and that's one of the reasons I think that Kevin Durant left was because Westbrook's a bit selfish with the ball. I think he's a shoot-first, pass-second kind of guy. I like a lot of uh, ball movement, especially I think Brad Stevens likes a lot of ball movement. That's a big thing where with the Celtics, Bradley could go off for 30 the next night, Isaiah Thomas goes off for 30. The next night, Jay Crowder goes off for 27. The next night, Tyler Zeller goes off for 22. It's a they they're they they're a true team ball team. They pass the ball around. They they dish it around. The great passing team. So I don't know if I'd really love Westbrook. I I would if Russell Westbrook came to uh, Boston. I'd be the first one. Oh my God! Holy shit! I'd be like losing my brain. Just going absolute bananas if if I saw this trade and it was like finalized, breaking news. It would be absolutely amazing. I would be the first one screaming about it, yelling. It would be awesome. But if I had to choose, I'd probably take Blake Griffin because I think Blake will cost less to get. And there's a better chance that when Blake is a free agent, he'll re-sign with Boston. I think that Westbrook, when he is a free agent after this year, I think he's like 100% headed to the uh, the West Coast to an L.A. team. Clippers, Lakers, Sacramento, I don't know. 
I, I, I'd take Cousins from Sacramento before I took Griffin or uh, Westbrook. But I don't know if I don't, I don't think Sacramento's moving him. It's been kind of up in the air if they're going to move him or not. But I would definitely, definitely take any of those. So we'll see. We'll see what, what comes about that this weekend. That's going to be the thing to watch. They're definitely going to make a trade. And I think it's going to involve the 2018 Nets pick. I don't think the Celtics want to move the 2017 Nets pick because the Nets stink. The Nets will be lucky. So with their roster that they have assembled right now, where Jeremy Lin's the, the star player on the Nets, the Nets will be lucky to win double-digit games. I, I really... It'll be a push if they win 10 games this coming season. I think they're going to be the worst team in the league, and I think the 2017 Nets pick is going to be huge. It's going to be big for, for the Celtics. Huge for the Celtics. 2018 pick, rather, I would be up for grabs, I think. I think they're more willing to move the 2018 pick than they are the 2017 pick. Um, some package of like Marcus Smart, uh, maybe Crowder, depending on what the package is. There's a three-team deal that's being talked about, being rumored. Rudy Gay going from Sacramento to the Clippers, Blake Griffin going to Boston, and then Jay Crowder and Pieces going to uh, Sacramento. So I don't know. I don't know this as far as like the actual specifics of what else would be involved in that rumor trade, but it's I think those are the three key pieces. So hopefully this evolves quick so we can get moving and we get our big three in Boston so we can beat the shit out of uh, Braun in the uh, playoffs and win the East. And then I get to rub it in all the stupid Cleveland band, bandwagon a-holes about their, uh, their hero LeBron losing. So... That's going to be something to look forward to this weekend. ESPYs. ESPYs were on last night as well. Or Wednesday night, rather. They were on. I didn't. Th- I honestly didn't know the ESPYs were still a thing. Mind blown that the ESPYs were there. And they were still on. It wasn't even like a sports award show. It was more of like a public service announcement for like violence and for everything that's going on, all the fucked up things that are going on in the world for with, with every side, the way you look at it, which is a per- public service announcement. It was equality for women, uh, you know, against violence, uh, police brutality against, uh, just violence, gun violence. It was just against the police. It was for the police. It was every issue that's going on in the world. It was covered last night by some celebrity that just wanted to use that stage for for a voice rather than just going to their Instagram or their Snapchat or their Twitter or their fucking Facebook or one of their million other social media accounts and just making their speech there. Why is it that they need this bright the bright lights on them to make these type of speeches? Why can't they set up a camera or have somebody use their phone and record them? And put it on Instagram. I know it's a crazy thing. It's probably the craziest thing in the history of crazy. But instead of waiting for the ESPYs, which I still didn't even know was still a fucking thing. I thought that thing ended like years ago. I thought they like 
they did like a special one for, I, I remember the Stuart Scott one, which was amazing. That was the best moment in all of the SP's history. And then last year they were just like giving out awards for like best lunch lady and like best volleyball moment in like high school gym class. Just ridiculous shit. I thought they ended it with, I thought Stuart Scott was the last, was the last one. I still didn't, I honestly didn't think it was still a thing, but why did they wait for the bright lights and ABC to roll the cameras for them, for stars like Dwayne Wade, Chris Paul, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony. Why can't, why, why can't they just take to one of their million fucking, uh, social media accounts and just put their message out there when it happens when there's there's violence in their communities when there's violence in Cleveland when there's violence in New York when there's violence in Chicago when there's violence in LA regardless of what color nationality race ethnicity cop criminal whatever if they have a message, why can't they take to their social media accounts and put out that message there than fucking waiting for the ESPYs to, to try to make it a, a bigger thing than than what the ESPYs are? The ESPYs are about sports awards, and you're turning into a fucking public service announcement. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. They just I feel like they just did it so they can just get an award the next year. So it's like a running pattern of awards for LeBron James for like ways for like ESPN to like give him awards, just different ways. Cause they're always looking for ways to like put him on this pedestal as like the greatest human being in the planet that's ever lived. It's the fucking most absurd shit I've ever seen in my entire life. It drives me bananas. I feel like they're going to bring up the moment, the pre show moment with the speech as next year's ESPY award winner. And they're going to give LeBron James an award for making a speech at the previous ESPYs. Fucking ridiculous. It's, it, it's just any reason for ESPN, ABC, for all of them just to, just to ride LeBron and just, just com- continue to blow his ego up. Like he's better than Jordan. He's fucking not. He'll never be better than Jordan. Stop with that bullshit. Stop with that argument. Stop with that conversation. He'll never be better than Jordan. He plays a different type of game. He, the only reason they won the championship this past year was because they exposed a weakness in the Warriors defense, which was Andrew Bowie going down, Draymond Green getting suspended. And then, then Bron Bron dominated the middle. So don't act like he's like some big fucking savior or something like that. He's he is what he is. He took advantage of a weakness. They won the fucking title. Game over. Let's move on. And other news in the ESPYs. John Cena hosted. I don't know whose idea it was for John Cena to host the ESPYs. I didn't. I I would have preferred Hannibal Burris. I would have preferred anybody. Kevin Hart. Anybody. But John Cena, I I didn't really think he was a great host. He's he's decent. He's like that like likable guy, but he kind of looked like Ted and like Ted Two when Ted Two was like was wearing the tuxedo. That's what with the bow tie. That's what John Cena looked like. Just the, his body build. He looked like a giant like Ted Bear with like a tuxedo on. I didn't think he was like that great. Hannibal Burris came in probably the funniest 
part of the night. Killed it. Absolutely killed it with the uh, the Curry 34 joke with the with the Crocs. He killed it. He saved. He saved that that's that segment. He saved uh, a part of that a part of the show, a part of the ESPYS. Didn't really watch that much else. It was just like a love fest for like Kobe retiring, Peyton Manning retiring. There was the the chick soccer star Abby Wambach or whatever, whoever the the chick that was popped for drugs. Um, the only other part that was like meaningful that like I actually gave a shit like while I was watching it was when they gave out the Pat Tillman Award to that that sergeant that that uh, female sergeant that's representing the country in Rio. That was a moving moment. That was a great moment. That was probably the best moment in the uh, SP's history, but right behind uh, Stuart Scott uh, accepting his award a few years ago before he unfortunately passed away. I just didn't know the SP's were still a thing. And it was just, it was just drawn out. It was just a love fest for Peyton Manning, for Kobe Bryant, for LeBron James. I just, you didn't need to do it. It just was a, was kind of a waste of time. But it's the slowest week in sports. It is what it is. So, summer league's going on. Celtics summer league's going on. The NBA summer league's going on. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is is legit. He might be the one of the best passers in the history of the NBA. By the time he's done, he his court vision is insane. His uh, overall abilities just. It's going to be interesting to see that Sixers team with Dario Saric, who's now signed. He come over. He's come over to the NBA. He's now signed. They have a huge nucleus, a young nucleus. To they're going to be one of the better teams in the East. They're going to be. They're going to be definitely. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to be like a five, six seed, seven seed maybe. I think they'll definitely be better than eight seed. They'll be you know mid tier seed right behind your. Uh, your better teams in the East, you know, your, your Cavaliers, your Pacers, Celtics, maybe the Raptors, depending on how they rebound from uh, from Biombo leaving. Maybe the uh, Orlando Magic, depending on how they mesh and how the uh, coaching goes and how how that team just kind of builds together. But summer league going on, you're seeing a lot of good rookie play down in summer league. Summer league's it. I mean, as far as the sports week and the, the month in sports. You have baseball break. You have uh, baseball games. People are still pretending like they like baseball. A lot of people love baseball. A lot of people just pretend they like baseball. So just to go to games, get drunk, eat fries and eat pizza and hot dogs and just pound beers during the summer because there's no other sports going on right now. It's just it's a it's a slow month in sports. Major League Baseball trade deadline coming up. Uh, NBA season going to get started soon. Training camp's going to start. X amount of weeks still football. Brady, Brady suspension is being upheld. Not even really going to talk about it. I, it's meaningless. It's pointless at this point. Goodell is the worst human being that's ever lived. One of the worst, one of the worst human beings that's ever lived, and it's it's pathetic, it's pathetic. But it's not even worth talking about because there's no way to get around it. It's there's no democracy. It's 
it's communist and a NFL, and they just like it is what it is. There's no rules, no rules at all. LaShawn McCoy could beat up an off-duty cop in a nightclub in Philly and not get one game suspension. Tom Brady doesn't cooperate. Apparently, is that is what they're holding him to? Breaks his own cell phone, and he gets suspended for four games for breaking his own cell phone. So. Fuck it, it's on the Supreme Court. Hopefully, hopefully, fucking win, and then he, then he wins it. Then he wins the uh, the championship. He wins the Super Bowl, and then shoves it in Goodell's face, and hopefully breaks the trophy. He wins it. He takes the trophy and breaks it right in front of Goodell's face, and just shoves it, shoves it right in his face. But that's the week in sports. Slow week. Slow week. So we're gonna come back. We're gonna uh, try to do some more, uh, s- some more podcasts. Usually do a Friday drop. Now we're gonna, I'm gonna try to get on the schedule. Do a Friday drop. We're gonna cover uh, sports in the the weekend review. Gonna try to get some guests throughout the week, and maybe drop a few podcasts during the week uh, as I s- start getting guests booked and uh, start getting these interviews going. And then Fridays do like a weekend recap. So that's gonna be the schedule. So as always, follow me on social media. I am underscore Joe Smith. I am underscore Joe Smith. The letter letter I, the letter M underscore Joe Smith. Share the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. You like the podcast. Great. Tell me about about it. If you hate the podcast, tell me about it. Tell me what you hate. I love feedback. I love feedback. I want to make this thing the best fucking podcast in the history of podcasts. So again, thank you all for listening. Godspeed.